Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. DJ Bay, the world's shortest DJ, putting it down Detroit style. afternoon everyone yes we can bring it on down today but right now we have to put that on the back burner because I have a special message to pass to everyone today and we're going to get into that but I'm glad that you're tuning in with me on the bright side with Technicia and I am your host Technicia now of course we all been through this scenario where your partner apologizes and says the hurtful behavior that won't happen again. At times you wonder whether you're imagining the abuse, yet the emotional or physical pain you feel is real. 
If this sounds familiar, you might be experiencing domestic violence. Almost one out of four women has experienced severe physical violence, according to CDC. Here with me, I have the honor of chatting with a woman who is a favorite brand ambassador for domestic violence, who was a known victim of it. With me today is Suzanne Perry, who will be telling you her, her experiences that she went through and how to overcome that battle and the things that she's doing now to help other women. Do call in at 347-426-3751 with an intelligent question today. Let's keep an open mind, and the chat box will be open. Good afternoon, Suzanne. How are you? Good afternoon. I am very happy to be here. I'm glad that you are here today. This has been an ongoing topic with so much going on in the media. We know that Ray Rice, that's an ongoing topic as well with him and Janae going through the abuse, and so many other women in other countries are going through it too. And even I just found out our own Miss America, Miss Kira Kazasev, she was in an abusive relationship during college herself. Mm-hmm. It's been a really, really hot topic. Yeah, big time. There, there is no ignoring it. It really is. Suzanne, before we get into what you are doing now, let's talk about what you actually went through, the ordeal, just the pain, so people can actually know what, because I don't think most women out here probably even know that they're in an abusive relationship. Right, yeah, and, and, and that is how it starts, because you don't realize it right away. For me, I started dating my future abuser when I was 17. And we, you know, I guess one of the biggest words that I've heard across the border is charm. So they seem to turn on this charm. And they may tell you that maybe their family is more prestigious or they might try to inflate the reality why you should be with this person. Um, so you start dating, and it's all wonderful, and it's, you know, great. And, and, and then they start to question things like and put things down like your friends. Why are you hanging out with that person? And then they might even make up fake rumors about them. And then it will graduate, and then it's going to become your family. And then they start putting your family members down. And then, and then they start putting down the things that you enjoy which now these are all the things that actually are defining you. So they put your family down. They put your friends down. They put down the things that bring you joy. And then that, of course, will as putting you down. And then it may escalate to a accidental slap. Oh, it was just a reaction. I'm sorry. Oh, that will never happen again. And then, God forbid, there's alcohol involved. Oh, I was drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. It was a reaction. Oh, I'm sorry. It'll never happen again. And then it's like, how dare you not cover that up? Don't let anybody see that. And it continues to escalate. And by the time you have reached the point of violence, you are now isolated. You've lost your social support system because they cut your friends. You eventually start hang- stop hanging out with them. And they don't want to come around anymore because this person exudes a vibe that apparently outsiders can sense, but when you're in that relationship, you don't. And so I left and came back three times, and that's not too bad. (laughs) If we have to look at statistics, 
Um, seven is the magic number. Seven, we leave seven times, well, and we come back six. On the seventh time, we finally make a permanent break, you know, and uh, if you should survive through it that long. You, it's a very serious issue, which almost always escalates and get worse. So I left three times, came back three times, and then married him. And uh, I pretty much just wrote myself off. I didn't see any way out. I thought I would die by his hands. And, you know, I was beat up all the time. I'd go to work with marks and choke marks and black eye all the time, all the time. None of my coworkers ever said anything, and I didn't talk about it. And so oh, wow. I had no, you know, no, nobody to talk to. So, uh, you know, again, the isolation. And, the, and then it makes you question, you know, your own decisions. And you just become reduced. You lose your self-esteem. And this person makes you feel dependent on them. Like, and they'll tell you, you'll never make it without me. I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. Nobody would ever want you. No. And they make you just feel like this horrible thing, like they're doing you a favor by allowing you, you to have this, this relationship, which is just a horrible illusion. Uh, so what happened? Finally, we have three kids. And um, finally, when our daughter, who was the middle child, she was 16, and she had come to me one morning and she said, I can't take living like this anymore. It's either him or me. And she threatened to run away. And if it wasn't for her, I probably would be dead by now. And I'm, I'm pretty certain about that. So she's the hero of the story. <laughs> but right. I agreed, and, and I agreed with her, and, and, and it was the scariest moment of my life. I knew she was right. You know, I started trembling, and I just did because I didn't know how. I didn't know how to proceed. I didn't know how to, you know, now it's like I'm forced to make this decision. So I told her. Uh, next time, you know, wait till I give the signal and you can call 911. Because a couple years prior to that, when I was at work and I had a break, I called the police and I said, look, this is what's happening. What can be done? And get this, they told me, in New York State, you can have a black eye and there's nothing we can do. But if he kicks you with a shoe, then the shoe constitutes a weapon and then we can make an arrest. And at that point, wow. I lost hope. I was like, wow. So am I supposed to go home and beg to be kissed? Really? So, you know, thank God that didn't happen between my daughter and I. So so I said, wait till I give you the signal, because I wanted to make sure I had enough evidence on me. And within two weeks, it had happened, because it always escalates. So the abuse was happening way more frequently, and unfortunately, it was more intense, too. And so that happened within two weeks. It was a, a Thursday night, and I remember, you know, my daughter had come home from a friend's house. She knew what was going down, you know. You, you know that vibe. And she gets sent to her room, and she hears, you know, bangs of mom getting thrown against the wall or whatnot, you know. And there were two times she wanted to call, and I, I walked by a mirror, and I, I only had a couple of scratches, and I went back in for more because I was – if, 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 if the police came and there was no evidence and nothing happened, I would have got it way worse. So, you know, by the third time I had, you know, bright handprints on my throat and my mouth was bleeding and so I flagged her and she called and the police, they had come and and they said, uh, I, we've got a call, there was a disturbance here and he was drinking beer and he was sitting on the couch 
And so right. it was about 11.30 at night now, so now it's all dark except for the TV. And, he, and, the, and the cop, you know, and he looks at him and he shines his flashlight on my husband's face and then on the can of beer. My husband says, no, we're only having a conversation. We're, I'm having a beer with my wife. And he turns to, the, to, the, to me and he goes, tell him, honey. And now it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh. I didn't say a word. I think I was just panicked. And uh, the, the officer shines his flashlight across the room. I had my back to the wall. And they saw the blood and they said, come on, expletive, you're coming with us. And they took him and they held him overnight and, and that was it. And I made a promise to my kids that I would never go back again because I, you know, I returned three times. So I promised to them I never would. Uh, so then I had moved, we moved to a, a house because the house we were living in had just had a contract that was sold. And uh, okay. I didn't know how to move forward. I, I, I just, I was stuck. And I just felt like I had all this heavy weight and I couldn't move right. forward and it was horrible. And, like, my kids didn't even know who I was because I was just as good as a doormat. I, you know, I couldn't, if I fend for them, I get it. I get beat up worse. And so we didn't really have a good relationship. I could never speak to my children alone. We were always monitored. Wow. It was, it was creepy. It was scary. It was bad. Um, but I had to develop a relationship between my children who were now 18, 16, and 4 because they didn't know who I was. So it was hard. It was very, very difficult. Uh, but we, sure enough, we did it. And after about a year, I, I, I'm going back to this heaviness I was feeling. It was one a Saturday afternoon. I was sitting at my kitchen table, and I just felt just gray and heavy. And right, I right. And I, and I didn't know. <clears throat> and I was thinking about it, and then I, I said to myself, oh, my gosh. I'm protecting his family. I was the one needing protection. And so at that point, I actually put the words domestic violence into the equation because I didn't even admit it. And then wow. I started to share my story, and I talked about it. And that was difficult, but I, I knew now that that's what I was compelled to I do. Know, I know it Once had I to be. Oh, it's terrible because you feel guilt it is. and it's shame and ugly. Oh, nasty. Once I started to talk about it, all of a sudden other people were sharing their stories. And I was like, what? Right. You too? And, you know, because the whole isolation, you feel no one will understand and no one will believe you. And, and, and before I knew it, all these people were sharing their stories. And, and this one girl who had grown up in a, in a violent household, she says, I don't want to share my story, but I want you to be my voice. And that was my moment when I knew what to do. And so the past six years I've been, you know, doing uh, lecturing and speeches and workshops and mentoring people all across the country. Wow. But you, but you know, Susan, it just, it's the question, every survivor of domestic violence is posed with, why didn't you just leave? And by you explaining that, it is hard. But I think I got of others when I saw Janae Rice being punched by her fiancé in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And then after that, then you married him. And I was like, why? And, right. and I, 
And our Paul was wrong with the others just for criticizing her for just staying with him. But now that you're explaining it to me, I if I had the opportunity, I would apologize to her because listening to your story and reading about other people, their own reason for staying in an abusive relationship, it's it's really devastating. This is horrifying that you have to be around her abuser. And some of them, you're right. I have known friends of mine who stayed in relationships and the guy just brings them totally down. You don't even have a self-identity. And I guess hey. when we're not in a situation, we look at it like, why are you staying with this person? Get out before they actually kill you. Because mm-hmm. two out of three women are killed every day from do- domestic violence. And we have women right now who are in jail because of domestic violence, killing their yes. husband. Um, yes. but, and, guys, we're not leaving you out because, we we know that you go through it as well. You're more likely to go through it than women, but I am focusing on women because domestic violence is around more for us. I, I think that find ourselves to be more vulnerable than a guy. I just feel like a guy, you you have more masculinity to, than us, and I don't put you as a standard to say that it can't can't happen to you. But I just I feel more sorry for us women because we're not made to beat up on a guy like that or or nothing. So we're more, we're just fragile. And I hate that women have to actually go through this, this devastating moment. And, you know, even we have our own Carrie Washington who is, who is actually speaking up about this and she's calling it the purple person. I really commend her on that as well as shining the light on this invisible thing of domestic abuse because women are very silent now and as I said, she's doing Purple Purse, so if anyone hasn't really checked that out, you can actually Google that. It's a, it's a great thing that she's doing for women around her. She's bringing awareness of domestic abuse to everybody. So kudos to her for doing that because there's so many out here. We have so many actors who have been abused. I was just doing so much research, Suzanne, and it's just like, wow, people you don't even know getting abused around you every single day, women who are afraid to go outside their own house to even to even call the police. You think it would you right. think it'd be that simple just to pick up that phone and call the police, but you're so afraid, oh, if I violate his terms, I'm gonna get punched. Right. But, yeah, yeah. I mean you're scared to leave and you're scared to stay. Right. And and that's the thing too, like you said, that financial abuse is a tactic often used by the abuse to control and isolate their partners. If you leave me, then you you're gonna be broke. So like I said, I do apologize for my crude um comments because we don't know. Maybe Janae is probably in that predicament, we don't know what's going on. Maybe he's in giving her that ultimatum, you leave me, you're gonna be broke or you're not gonna have this or I'm gonna take the child. So we don't know. Right. We right. really don't. I, we we looking at it from our point of view. Why did you marry this man? And it, and it's still pondering, like, why? And maybe he he probably is. He probably threatened her. Hey, you don't marry me, you're going to lose everything. And that's not the way to do it. I just, oh, that's just not the way to do it. But, Suzanne, what if they don't get physical? Can it still be abuse? Is, is verbal Absolutely. abuse more damaging than physical abuse? Yes, yes, it is. Every day you're told you're useless, you're nothing, you're a loser, you know, whatever. You're ugly, you're fat, nobody will want you day in and day out and year in and year out. And your self-esteem just plummets and you just feel 
you know, it could lead to depression, it could lead to suicide, at least to, you know, mental illness, at least to dependence. There's still, you just can't take that, you're going to break down. And this, and this is what verbal abuse is. It's not just, it's not, oh, you're a jerk. It's not that. It's consistent. So when there's prolonged exposure to all these demeaning and belittling behaviors, that is what verbal abuse is. And a lot of times it won't get physical. And that puts it, the, the stigma is even worse because, you know, I've heard people say, oh, it's just words. You know, words, words pack a bigger punch than a fist does. The, the scarring is even deeper. And it, it's, it's the same manipulative control. It's the same thing, just a different yes. technique. Yes. If you tell a child something so so horribly to that child, that child's going to feel that. So the same way that child feels that hurt, you're going to feel it as an adult. But, Suzanne, why do so many of them probably feel so much guilt for leaving an abusive relationship? Because it's not your fault. I mean, I think you most think of the guys are making a yeah, good they, job in doing that, making you feel guilty in a relationship as though his abuse was your fault. Oh, you didn't cook the food right, so I'm going to punch you around. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you do. You have all these feelings of guilt and shame, and nobody right. will understand because you're isolated. You don't have your social network. You don't, got, you don't have your family to talk to. You have nobody to talk to who could offer any solid advice to you. And so, to, to, I mean, that is what they do. They control you and they tell you, you know, I'll make sure you, you know, you'll, I'll make sure you lose the kid. I'll make sure, you know, they, for me, my husband said, if you ever leave me again, I'm going to kill your family and then I'm going to kill you. And I thought he was crazy enough to do it, you know. So it's been creepy. He's, it's been seven years for me and, you know, he might show up at my door and kill me one day. I don't know, but it's that risk. I, I'm more than happy to take that risk, living my life my way, not his way. And so the feelings of guilt that you were just mentioning package, it's, it's, it's forced upon us. And we don't want to go out saying, I'm a victim. You know, just it's against human nature. We don't want to be, we don't want people pointing their finger at us. We don't like that for something negative. And then the other thing is if they're married, there's a stigma, we, even though 50% ends in divorce, there's still a stigma that goes with it. So a lot of these feelings of guilt and fear and shame is because of the stigma. You know, we don't want to be divorced. We don't want to be a single parent. We don't want to be looked down on. You know, when you, right. when you already are reduced and you, if you manage to get out of that situation, you don't want to talk about it because you feel everyone's going to be looking down their nose at you. You know, you're little, oh, you let this happen to you. And it, it, it just doesn't work that way. When you're on the inside, you know the dynamics. You know, when you're on the outside, you can't understand. And so that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, to help people to understand. You know, one of, one of my business taglines is victim empowerment, public understanding. This way, you know, it, I can explain. I can explain why. You know, why did she still marry him? She's scared to death. Right. That's why. That's not love. But... When you're in it, you think that it is. So, again, it's illusion. We think, and we'll, we'll defend them. We're defending our abuser. Oh, no, they, they didn't mean it. They explain it away. They'll cover it up, 
and it's only going to happen worse. It will always escalate. Now, there is a remote possibility because of the major publicity with this video. It's undeniable. You can't backpedal out of this one. It's possible that because it's so exposed, he may wake up. It's possible. But for right. regular folks that aren't celebrities, doesn't get exposed. And that is another one of my things. That I say expose it. You've got to expose the mess of violence. You've got to shut. What if what was happening to me? What if my curtains were open? What if, my, what if the front of my house was ripped open? What if the neighborhood, what if the whole world could see? Of course right. we would not do it. So we need to expose it and share it and reach out to people so they know they're not alone. And we do understand what they're going through, and there is help out there. It's exactly. And just even going into help, because we know half the time you can do all the court appearances and the continuations, and they only really sometimes just give them like how, maybe two years, and bam, the case is over. You have moved on like you said you have done now, Suzanne. But it's still it's still probably that fear for most women, unlike yourself, who are still fearful, okay, do I have to look over my shoulder? Is he behind me? Do I need to change my hair color? Do I need to change my identity, get in step witness protection program? Like, who wants to live like that? Every time I come out the door, let me, I got to keep looking over my shoulder. I feel like I'm in the movie with Jennifer Lopez. Enough. Yeah. Except, but, yeah. Except I, I, I did like the way the movie turned around. I said I don't know if that can actually happen in reality where you, where you can really fight a man or not. Um, but I don't mind picking up a pistol either and probably de- defending myself because that's the way it has to be. You know, you have to be cautious when you're living like that. So let me ask Suzanne, since so so he's out. He's not locked up for nothing. Was he ever locked up for this? No, nope, he was held overnight, and then uh, he had two years probation, and he played a good boy, Um, and so there's nothing there. He got a slap on the wrist, and he got a fine. Now, when this first happened, I was scared to death. So, I mean, yes, I did press charges, but I never revealed the magnitude and the duration and detail. Never did it. So... I don't know if I ever want to revisit that and actually follow through with it. I mean, right. that's the thing. It's like if I ask, you know, if I ask my family, what do they think? I'll get mixed. Oh, yeah, you should. No, you shouldn't. I don't know. Now, by contrast, wait, what if this happened to a politician's daughter? Oh, well, that'd be, you know, that'd be another story. So why am I any different? So, it, you know, you think differently when you put a different suit on yourself. But... To look at where it is, it's been seven years. I've reattached with my children. I have a fantastic life living it my way. I'm happy, and I'm saving lives. I'm helping people to realize, oh, my goodness, I am at risk. I'm getting out now. And they, and I got, I got stuff all over my wall. I get emails and stuff all the time. And to know that I am actually using those years of abuse to help somebody else not fall into that pit. That is, I mean, I if I die right now, I am a happy woman because my mission has been met. And, you know, every day is a gift. I mean, at first I was happy I could sleep without getting hit. I got hit because I was talking about work and my dreams instead of talking about our the house we were going to move into. I can't control what I'm dreaming about, you know. I mean, it was bad. There was nothing I could do. I could not 
twist the world in the way to make him happy. I could never set a straight path for him. Was just, and this is how they are. I mean, this, my case is not an isolated case. This is very common. All this control and, you know, they're miserable. And here it is. People like that missed something in their childhood. They, they, they didn't get enough love. They didn't get enough support. Maybe they were abused. Maybe they were raised by, you know, maybe those alcohol and drugs. They're neglect somewhere. So they have this horrible void, and they overcompensate, and they, they find somebody who's compassionate like Janae. They find somebody like that who's compassionate, caring, loving the things that they lack, and they suck it out of them. And they suck it out of them, and it gives them energy. So they take all of their energy and all of their goodness and leave them like a dried-up raisin while they're, you know, big as Hulk with all these feelings that right. they just sucked out of their victim. Well, Suzanne, I'm so glad that you were able to put up a fight and make a stand and get out of that abusive relationship that so many women are still stuck in there. And it may be hard women out here to just get away from that individual now, but it will be so worth it in the long run. I just tell you from God's message just to hold on, be strong, and live life. We only get one, so make sure yours is blessed with love, happiness, peace, and safety because God has not forsaken you, and we wonder yeah, I know probably the question that we all wonder, why God put me in this situation? Uh, and that's so hard to answer because I think you always have to have the bad in order to understand the good. You you got to have the sadness in order to understand the happiness. So everything is right. for a reason. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that you're still living. And like you said, if he if he decides to do what he needs to do, then God, God, please forgive him for his evil ways. But you are you are a very courageous woman, Suzanne, and I, I hope he doesn't try to retaliate in any kind of way. Move on, go on with your life, sir, and get some help. That's basically my uh, my thing for him: get help. Right. But yeah. Suzanne, let me ask: um, Would he at any time while he was doing this, did he ever explain to you why he was so abusive? No, because. That would be an admission. They never would admit, you know, that what they're doing is bad or what they're doing is wrong. They'll first just come the excuses, oh, I'm sorry, but eventually that stops. And eventually that turns into you deserved it. And eventually it's more like you become their property and then you become their puppet, their marionette. And if you don't, I mean, I even got yelled at just for making a, a facial expression that he didn't like. I mean, by the, he had me so brainwashed that my mother wasn't even invited to our wedding. I severed ties with my mother for 10 years. And me and my mom Mm. were always close. That's the power he had. After we got separated and and, and all that, I reconnected with my family. And luckily, you know, nobody had passed because I would have lost it then. But for two years after that split, I made up, you know, I reconnected. Me and mom got that. I explained what happened and apologized. And, you know, she said, I can die happy now. You know, two years later, she died of a heart attack. Now, I have closure with that because we made up and we were like peas and carrots, you know. We we saw each other all the time, and it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. So if she would have died when I was still in my marriage, I probably would have been a mental wreck. I could not be the person I am today. Everything oh, happens for a reason, yeah. It, but she got to really, see me get out. It was a, it's awesome. She got to witness me and the kids 
get out of that marriage and start life over in a positive way and, and just do amazing, wonderful, happy things? Well, like I said, I'm glad that you did get out of that and you're able to raise your daughter and she sent now she's able to see a strong, black, beautiful woman standing up for herself. But we're going to ch- take a short commercial break. We're going to come back with Suzanne, who will also tell you ways that you can overcome this talk and talk about her concert. And we all know abuse causes sickness of the mind and body, and brainwashing sets in motion both sicknesses. So we're going to tell you how to overcome that sicknesses today. So stay tuned on The Bright Side with Technicia. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. Me, a cat, moving in with a new human. It took a little getting used to. She has these weird games she likes to play, like this giant feather. She sticks it in my face. I swat it away. She sticks it in my face. I swat it away. It's almost like she thinks I enjoy it. But seeing how much fun she gets out of it, well, I guess it makes it all worth it. Humans. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. All right. We're back on the Bright Side with Technicia, and we're talking to Suzanne Perry, who is an ambassador for domestic violence. She has been through it all, but she's here to tell you that you don't have to stay in those type of relationships forever. You just have to know how to wake up, and it's hard when you're brainwashed. So, Suzanne, what are the common acts of violence experienced by women? What are the common what? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. What are the common acts of violence experienced by women? Common acts of violence, so they usually start with a slap, and they could they could escalate to being raped. And that was another thing; I never once thought that it was rape when my husband demanded and took sex. I never understood; it never even entered my mind. When you're in a relationship like that, you get in so deep. I mean, you're always like they say, walking on eggshells. It is it, that's you're always nervous because you don't know what's going to happen next and you can't concentrate and you can't focus. So, you know, my husband, it's weird. It's weird to say when you're in a marriage that there could be rape, but yeah, my husband raped me dozens of times. And, And here's a comparison now about just being physical. You know, a slap was going to turn into a punch and and, and it just gets sustained and escalated. And if you don't get out, you know, and, and here's another important thing. A lot of times, like in a case like mine, we don't call the police because we're scared to death. That, right. There's a lot of statistics that are out there about what's being reported, but there's a greater population that never reports, so they're not accounted for. So that's rattles up the statistical facts because most people, I mean, we're like, we're professional. We know how to cover our marks. We explain away bruises and scratches, and and we go off the radar because we don't do anything about it. We're, We're afraid and we don't know how. So 
it's important to come up with a, a plan of action and, and an escape plan. And, and, you know, that's another whole conversation. But, right. you know, if you're, being con- if you're being consistently belittled, put down, if you're ever afraid to be with, alone with your partner, I know I was, and, and once I realized it and I said it and I got beaten for that. So it's, I got beaten for everything. It's just, and, you know, he, doesn't, he didn't even have to be drunk. I blamed wow. me, I blamed it on alcohol. You know, because normally alcohol enhances whatever mood you're right. in. And so, but like on the outside, and here's a comparison too, on the outside, oh, everybody loves them. They're, you know, Ray Rice, he's running alongside with the kids. I'm great. I'm wonderful. I'm a hero, you know, a role model. And then to find out what's happening behind the closed door when that happy face mask comes off. And then it's like night and day, you know, and, I'm sure Janae's like, this ain't what I signed up for. You know, nobody, right. nobody wants to be in, in a relationship like that. And you want to believe them when they say, I know what I did wrong. And they make themselves cry. They'll go to all right. kinds of extremes. They may even risk hurting themselves. themselves. They might say, if exactly. you leave, I can't go on. You know, there's all kinds of extremes. And I'll, and I'll, be, and I'll probably be the one who probably gets slapped around because I'm I'd be right there standing. Well, you just don't have to move on then, but I am. Be like Chris Brown, deuces, because um, mm-hmm. I'm out. It's, it's, it's getting ridiculous. But, you know, instead of us really today, people out here who are listening, instead of us just saying, why don't these women just get up and leave, let's give them the admiration, respect their struggles deserve. Because I think as you, as a woman starts out, on her own struggle, just to get free from that domestic violence. You got to remind yourself, even though others may not, that yours is one of the most difficult and worthy struggles of them all. You are rescuing your, you actually rescuing yourself and your children from a life of terror and crushed spirits. And that's, I commend you for doing that. Now, how does exposure to domestic violence really affect the children, though, if, for the ones out here who, who may not know that it's actually a hardship on them. That's a fantastic question. I'm glad that you asked it. That was something that I had no conception of because I was so busy in it that I couldn't step outside and look at it until I started to go out in the public and hear the stories. That's when it finally hit me, and that's when I thought, oh, my God, I better talk to my kids. One of the reasons that women stay, they say, is for the kids. That is the reason to leave, leave for the kids. Because when kids are raised in a violent household, they grow up with feelings of anxiety, depression, helplessness, because they know what's going on and they don't know how to fix it. They don't know how to help it. If they hear mom getting thrown around, they can't do anything because they'll get beat or they'll get threatened or they'll get threatened to be sent somewhere else. And so they grow up with all these horrible feelings and it could lead to major depression and it often can lead to suicide. I mean, this is serious stuff. These kids are witnessing the air, the thick air that's in the house with this negativity. They're not being shown what a healthy relationship looks like. So they grow up not knowing they're, they're unarmed. They have no clue what they're looking for in a partner and they often will repeat. Just like, uh, what's the guy's name, uh, Adrian Peterson. Oh, yeah, well, because he got hit with a switch, that makes it okay for him? No way. 
No way. You have to break the cycle. You have to, st- you have to know and learn what a healthy relationship is. And only then can you be a, a better contributor to society. If you grow up angry, you don't know, you're, you know, you're a pistol. You're just waiting to go off. But you need to be shown what nurturing, what respect is. And you've got to respect yourself first before you can respect anybody else. Right. It's all break down to having that self-love. And usually when you're going through that abuse, you don't love yourself. You feel like you're worthless because that's what he already put up into your mind. But for the now, Suzanne has a concert. It's called the Exposure Concert. What exactly happens at the Exposure Concert, Suzanne? The Exposure Concert is something that I created five years ago. Um, and it actually came to me in a dream. And I did, because I'm an emphatic music lover and I love live music. And so just out of the blue, this is kind of when I first started going out into the public and starting to do what I do, I wanted to have a concert to unite people. And then once I had everybody where I wanted them, I wanted to share my story. So it was almost sneaky, but for a good reason. <laughs> so I put it out there and I just said, hey, who would be interested? And I got 43 bands that all were going to donate their time for this cup, and they didn't know me from Jack. I was, I was overwhelmed. I was, I was, it was a beautiful thing. So it actually pulled off. The first, the first concert um, was, it turned in, into three days. We made it a three-day thing. So every year now, we do, it's the last weekend of June, so this year it already happened, but it's a three-day live concert on two stages, and we live stream it around the world, and everyone shares their stories. We talk to people from Germany and from Africa and from all around the world, and, and they're watching live, and we're chatting, and we're, we're inspiring each other, and sometimes if I do a donation thing. If they pay 5 or $10, I'll plug their business on stage and, and share their stories or wish happy birthday, and it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I just finished my fifth year, and all the papers cover it and the media covers it, and we unite against domestic violence. Just to get it exposed is one thing, but to unite and agree and say it ends with me. I'm not going to, if I see something, I'm going to say something, and I'm not going to let it happen. Right. We don't want to see it happen. I stayed next door to a young lady when I was growing up, and I saw her mother get abused, and I I don't think I ever saw my parents actually call the police, but if you see someone who's in an abusive relationship or you suspect that they're being abused, do get involved. You don't have to go over there and beat them up and get killed, but get somebody involved. Get the law involved. Or get yeah. a group. Or do get, an anonymous check. Do whatever you have to do. Or get the whole neighborhood to go over there and beat him up. Mm-hmm. You know <laughs> all the ones out there who got five or six brothers in the family. Yeah. Right. yeah. Get all of them together and go over there and get him a well whooped behind. That's all they need. See, and I think it comes from the fact that I think they also like to abuse you because they feel, oh, I'm bigger, you're powerless, there's nothing you can do. Man, if I get, if another man approached them, they, they won't do Jack or Lana. They won't. Jack or Lana, they won't do nothing to that other man. But they want to put their hands on a woman. That I call right. you a punk. 
That's what you are. You are a punk. You're not a man. You are a little boy that needs to grow up and stop yeah. pretending. You want to put your hands on a woman because you feel that you got power. That don't make you power. You are a powerless human being. That's how I see you. Very disgusting. And I'm yeah. gonna, yeah. like I said in the beginning, I'm glad women such as yourself are waking up to that. It's it's good. It's it's, it's possible. And that's one thing I like about it, that you're doing this exposure concert because you're showing one of the things women can express to everyone if you're out there domestic violence for a while that you probably never believe it was possible, but it's possible, and you can find happiness again, too. You really can. Now, Suzanne, let's discuss about Love Shouldn't Hurt TV on how it got started and your nonprofit organization. Wonderful. Uh, with the first exposure concert, and this was the, the first day of the new decade, so it was January, the first business day, it was January 4th, 2010, and I thought, yes, ooh, let's lead into the next decade, you know, I'm kind of envisioning kind of like holding up a torch in a dark night, I'm thinking this in my head, and, and, I, and I'm using my story to light the way for others who are in the fog. How's that, huh? <laughs> yeah. So I got all excited, and I, but I, I called it OP Music House. OP is for Orchard Park, and that's the town that I live in. But the way I did it wasn't exactly the smartest way. I was still shy about getting too big with, with talking about domestic violence because it takes time. It takes time to heal. It takes time to undo before you can start to go the right way. So I would do all this music promotion, and then when, once I had everybody where I want them, talk about domestic violence. And and it did fine, but I rebranded now. I rebranded it so that I am right up front and center talking about domestic violence because that is what I'm here for. And so now it's called Love Shouldn't Hurt TV, and uh, I just rebranded it this year. And so what we're doing is I'd like to field questions and answer questions using our YouTube channel. I only have two little videos up there now, and I'm redoing the website. But there is an existing website. It's lovesandhurt.tv. And so it talks about I offer workshops. I offer presentations. I do group, um, group sessions. I do free mentoring services across the country um, or anybody who can speak English. <laughs> Uh, and so this is this is what it is. It's just a it's a it's it's victim empowerment and public understanding, and lighting the way for others who are in the fog. Anybody who has questions, who needs clarity, and anything to do with domestic violence, for us to unite there. Oh, good. That's why I love Suzanne. You are you are a great example. Just reaching out to these women out here giving them a friendly smile, passing off this word to them. That's awesome. Um, now, for the ones what are some for the ones who really don't know how to go about getting help, what suggestions would you have for them? There are um there's something that's called the Family Justice Center and they're scattered across oh. the country. Um there's the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Um there is, there, if, if anybody just Googled domestic violence help, it'll take you immediately to resources, hotlines, because they're different in different areas of the country and around the world. But if you just Google it, it you will get it immediately. And you know what's nice about a lot of these sites, if you're 
if you don't have full privacy and you hear somebody coming and you're looking at this site, there's an exit button. There's an exit on there you can click, and it'll go to another website so that you don't get caught. You know, because every second counts when you're looking for help. But the thing is, know that you're going to be better out of that than you are to be in it. You, you know, just try not to justify staying in that relationship. But we have to know when the time is right that we just got to do it. We just got to go. We have to not look back. And we have to not go back to that person that I, I want to just make a billboard, just say don't go back because we do. We go back because we talk to them and they know how to push our buttons and they know how to manipulate us and they'll tell us the things that are going to make us feel bad and go back or allow them back. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is very, very dangerous. Right. Don't let them get in your way. They will play on your emotions to try to get mm. you back in. Because, see, that's what the abuser does. They already know what you probably like to hear or what you love to hear. So don't fall back into it. Once you get out, stay out of it, honey. Wow. Just just run. Run all the way. When you see them coming, mm-hmm. just throw a holler. Help. Perpetrate out yeah. for me. Terroristic attacks. Whatever you got to holler just to get away from them. Do what you got to do. Or better yet. Now, because now, Suzanne, you know women are now packing guns. Women are actually doing that now. So if you have to protect yourself, you do what you do, but uh, make sure you get a license for it because that's right. that's the way the times are. Even if you're not getting abused, just being attacked by a guy on the street is scary. That's abuse. So, yeah, if you have to protect yourself that way, then do it. You know, whatever, especially when you have children. I'm not going to sit there and let you attack me in front of my child. You, one of us, gonna go, but I'm telling you, I'm gonna put up a fight. That's that's the bottom line. I'm gonna have to put up a fight, whatever I have to do. And it's sad that sometimes the law don't per, help prevent this like they should. They let them out so quickly. They're in. They tell you go get a restraining order, and those really don't help you as much. By the time you're calling the police, hey, they're back again. I have seen it on the news where women yeah. have had restraining orders. The guys still come around, and they're dead. Like, right. what's the purpose of me doing that paper if I'm going to still get killed? Like, come on. Right. Like, so. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's what they'll tell us. My husband said, you right. know, don't even think about it because a piece of paper isn't going to stop me. I'm going to hunt you down and I'm going to kill you. And that's what he said right. to me. <laughs> right. I'm going to still get you. I don't care about that piece of paper. That's how some of them saying. They really be psychologically messed up here. They don't care. So right. how do you, Susan, how do you go about broadcasting your show? Um, I have a YouTube channel. It's Love Shouldn't Hurt TV. You can okay. go there, and I'm also on Facebook, Love Shouldn't Hurt TV TV on Facebook. Um, I did have a radio show on Black Talk Radio, but I haven't done one since last August. I'm going to be picking that up again when I know I have, can have some regularity. So right now, um, I don't. I'm not doing a show. I do have a studio that I have in my home. Um, so I actually do like voiceover work, and I do you know a lot of ads and radio liners and. PSAs, and, and we do these events. I'm actually teamed up with nomore.org, and oh, um, they're awesome, and they, they give you free marketing materials. So I'm doing an event in October. Um, we're going to be teamed up. I got a big banner, and we hold a sign, and it says, I say no more because, and then I hand the person a dry erase marker. They write down why they say no more, and we take a picture, and then we put it up. So everyone, and I also have wristbands that say love shouldn't hurt, and they're only a dollar. Oh, I think those. Those, so, those are yeah. really they're nice. 
and those would definitely be right. They would definitely especially ladies for next month. I say go ahead and purchase one in advance because next month we're we are focusing on domestic abuse as well as you know heart health and all that. But domestic abuse is the number one cause that so many of our women are losing their lives to, or like I said, ending up in jail because of that. And I'm glad that you did mention voiceovers. I always wanted to do voiceovers. I did because oh, so much fun. <laughs> right, because when I was interning at Channel 2 News, the guy used to always tell me, he said, well, you got the voice to do voiceovers. And so they get paid so nicely. So I'm still trying to look into that where I have to probably kick out an arm and a leg just to somebody to train me properly. But, um, yeah, Suzanne, that that would definitely be awesome for people to just go ahead and get those wristbands. And I, and I do hope you start your show up. So what are your plans for next year, though? For this year, well, we're going to do our event in October, and I'm trying to connect with some uh, some sponsors. You know, we got to build up some cash so that we can invest it and get out there. Um, I'll be out in uh, California at the NAMM show in January, and I'll be out spreading the word about what I'm doing. Um, so no matter what media outlet I get a hold of, they all know who I am. So i got the purple curly hair. I've been wearing my hair purple since 2010, before it was yes. even cool. <laughs> I, I want to see everybody wearing these wristbands. I want everyone to wear these purple love shouldn't hurt, and they say expose it. And love shouldn't hurt. And everyone, I want wear them, take a picture, send us your picture wearing your wristbands, and we'll send you some prizes. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I will definitely make sure I purchase one of those. And I, and I, today we're all gonna say no more because we do matter. Because we are important. We're beautiful. God loves us. God has not forsaken us. And if you love yourself, don't let the abuse go on, Suzanne. Thank you for sharing your story with us and chatting with us on Blog Talk Radio. I really do appreciate you for being here. Thank you very much. I, it's been it's been informative, and I hope ever I hope we can save some more lives. I do too. I really do because there's so many women out there who are lost and don't know that they're lost. But we're gonna help them find the way today. Suzanne, you and your daughter have a blessed one. Oh, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much, everybody. You are so welcome. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And before I get off the air, people, you, I have to give you the truth of the day from my friend Mary Ellen. Being in a friendly, outgoing mood allows you to connect with people, attracting opportunities for friendship. You will connect with others on a deeper level when you are friendly during your initial interaction with them. It is the truth that first impressions are a lasting experience. When others regard you as generally happy, they are more likely to connect and invite you to participate in social activities. Companionship of friends is a gift that adds value to all of your life experiences. Today, use friendliness as a catalyst to attract a lifetime of opportunities. Enjoy the day, and anyone who feels like they are in an abusive relationship, please don't be afraid to seek out help. You don't have to tell everybody your business, and you don't have to go through that abuse for long. And if you feel like that's what you are going through, I'm here to tell you God has not forsaken you. You get help and you find it now before it's too late. God bless you, and you take care of yourself. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.